0: Section three of Aesop's Fables, a new revised version. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Old Man and the Three Young Men As an old man was planting a tree, three young men came along and began to make sport of him, saying, It shows your foolishness to be planting a tree at your age. The tree cannot bear fruit for many years, while you must very soon die. What is the use of your wasting your time in providing pleasure for others to share long after you are dead?" The old man stopped in his labor and replied, "'Others before me provided for my happiness, and it is my duty to provide for those who shall come after me. As for life, who is sure of it for a day? You may all die before me.' The old man's words came true. One of the young men went on a voyage at sea and was drowned, another went to war and was shot, and the third fell from a tree and broke his neck. We should not think wholly of ourselves, and we should remember that life is uncertain. THE LION AND THE FOX A fox entered into partnership with the lion on the pretense of becoming his servant. Each undertook his proper duty in accordance with his own nature and powers. The fox discovered and pointed out the prey. The lion sprang on it and seized it. The fox soon became jealous of the lion carrying off the lion's share, and said that he would no longer find out the prey, but would capture it on his own account. The next day he attempted to snatch a lamb from the fold, but fell himself a prey to the huntsman and his hounds. Keep to your place if you would succeed. THE HORSE AND THE STAG The horse had the plain entirely to himself. A stag intruded into his domain and shared his pasture. The horse, desiring to revenge himself on the stranger, requested a man if he were willing, to help him in punishing the stag. The man replied that if the horse would receive a bit in his mouth, and agree to carry him, he would contrive very effectual weapons against the stag. The horse consented, and allowed the man to mount him. From that hour he found that, instead of obtaining revenge on the stag, he had enslaved himself to the service of man. He who seeks to injure others often injures only himself. THE LION AND THE DOLPHIN A lion, roaming by the seashore, saw a dolphin lift up his head out of the waves, and asked him to contract an alliance with him, saying that of all the animals they ought to be best friends, since the one was the king of beasts on the earth, and the other was the sovereign ruler of all the inhabitants of the ocean. The dolphin gladly consented to this request. Not long afterwards the lion had a combat with a wild bull and called on the dolphin to help him. The dolphin, though quite willing to give him assistance, was unable to do so, as he could not by any means reach the land. The lion abused him as a traitor. The dolphin replied, "'Nay, my friend, blame not me, but nature.' which, while giving me sovereignty of the sea, has quite denied me the power of living upon the land. Let every one stick to his own element. THE MICE IN COUNCIL The mice summoned a council to decide how they might best devise means for obtaining notice of the approach of their great enemy, the cat. Among the many plans devised, the one that found most favor was the proposal to tie a bell to the neck of the cat that the mice being warned by the sound of the tinkling might run away and hide themselves in their holes at his approach but when the mice further debated who among them should thus bell the cat there was no one found to do it let those who propose be willing to perform THE CAMEL AND THE ARAB An Arab camel-driver, having completed the lading of his camel, asked him which he would like best, to go uphill or downhill. The poor beast replied, not without a touch of reason, "'Why do you ask me? Is it that the level way through the desert is closed?' the fighting cocks and the eagle two game cocks were fiercely fighting for the mastery of the farmyard one at last put the other to flight the vanquished cock skulked away and hid himself in a quiet corner the conqueror flying up to a high wall flapped his wings and crowed exultingly with all his might an eagle sailing through the air pounced upon him and carried him off in his talons the vanquished cock immediately came out of his corner and ruled henceforth with undisputed mastery pride goes before destruction the boys and the frogs some boys playing near a pond saw a number of frogs in the water and began to pelt them with stones They killed several of them when one of the frogs, lifting his head out of the water, cried out, "'Pray stop, my boys! What is sport to you is death to us!' What we do in sport often makes great trouble for others. THE CRAB AND ITS MOTHER A crab said to her son, "'Why do you walk so one-sided, my child?' It is far more becoming to go straight forward. The young crab replied, Quite true, dear mother, and if you will show me the straight way I will promise to walk in it. The mother tried, in vain, and submitted without remonstrance to the reproof of her child. Example is more powerful than precept. THE WOLF AND THE SHEPHERD A wolf followed a flock of sheep for a long time, and did not attempt to injure one of them. The shepherd at first stood on his guard against him, as against an enemy, and kept a strict watch over his movements. But when the wolf, day after day, kept in the company of the sheep, and did not make the slightest effort to seize them, the shepherd began to look upon him as a guardian of his flock, rather than as a plotter of evil against it and when the occasion called him one day into the city he left the sheep entirely in his charge the wolf now that he had the opportunity fell upon the sheep and destroyed the greater part of the flock the shepherd on his return finding his flock destroyed exclaimed i have been rightly served why did i trust my sheep to a wolf an evil mind will show in evil action sooner or later. THE MAN AND THE LION A man and a lion traveled together through the forest. They soon began to boast of their respective superiority to each other in strength and prowess. As they were disputing, they passed a statue carved in stone, which represented a lion strangled by a man. The traveler pointed to it and said, See, there? how strong we are, and how we prevail over even the king of beasts. The lion replied, This statue was made by one of you men. If we lions knew how to erect statues, you would see the man placed under the paw of the lion. One story is good till another is told. The Ox and the Frog An ox drinking at a pool trod on a brood of young frogs and crushed one of them to death the mother coming up and missing one of her sons inquired of his brothers what had become of him he is dead dear mother for just now a very huge beast with four great feet came to the pool and crushed him to death with his cloven heel the frog puffing herself out inquired if the beast was as big as that in size cease mother to puff yourself out said her son And do not be angry, for you would, I assure you, sooner burst than successfully imitate the hugeness of that monster. Impossible things we cannot hope to attain, and it is of no use to try. THE BIRDS, THE BEASTS, AND THE BAT The birds waged war with the beasts, and each party were by turns the conquerors. A bat, fearing the uncertain issues of the fight, always betook himself to that side which was the strongest. When peace was proclaimed, his deceitful conduct was apparent to both the combatants. He was driven forth from the light of day, and henceforth concealed himself in dark hiding-places, flying always alone and at night. Those who practice deceit must expect to be shunned. THE CHARCOAL BURNER AND THE FULLER A charcoal-burner carried on his trade in his own house. One day he met a friend, a fuller, and entreated him to come and live with him, saying that they should be far better neighbors and that their housekeeping expenses would be lessened. The fuller replied, "'The arrangement is impossible as far as I am concerned.' For whatever I should whiten, you would immediately blacken again with your charcoal. Like will draw like." THE BULL AND THE GOAT A bull, escaping from a lion, entered a cave which some shepherds had lately occupied. A he-goat was left in it, who sharply attacked him with his horns. The bull quietly addressed him. but away as much as you will. I have no fear of you, but of the lion. Let that monster once go, and I will soon let you know what is the respective strength of a goat and a bull. It shows an evil disposition to take advantage of a friend in distress. The Lion and the Mouse A lion was awakened from sleep by a mouse running over his face. Rising up in anger, he caught him and was about to kill him when the mouse piteously entreated, saying, "'If you would only spare my life, I would be sure to repay your kindness,' the lion laughed and let him go. It happened shortly after this that the lion was caught by some hunters who bound him by strong ropes to the ground. The mouse, recognizing his roar, came up and gnawed the rope with his teeth, and, setting him free, exclaimed, "'You ridiculed the idea of my being able to help you.' not expecting to receive from me any repayment of your favor, but now you know that it is possible for even a mouse to confer benefits on a lion. No one is too weak to do good. The Horse and the Ass A horse, proud of his fine trappings, met an ass on the highway. The ass, being heavily laden, moved slowly out of the way hardly said the horse can i resist kicking you with my heels the ass held his peace and made only a silent appeal to the justice of the gods not long afterward the horse having become broken-winded was sent by his owner to the farm the ass seeing him drawing a dung cart thus derided him where o boaster are now all thy gay trappings, thou who art thyself reduced to the condition you so lately treated with contempt. THE OLD HOUND A hound, who in the days of his youth and strength had never yielded to any beast of the forest, encountered in his old age a boar in the chase. He seized him boldly by the ear, but could not retain his hold because of the decay of his teeth so that the boar escaped. His master, quickly coming up, was very much disappointed, and fiercely abused the dog. The hound looked up and said, "'It is not my fault, master. My spirit was as good as ever, but I could not help mine infirmities. I rather deserve to be praised for what I have been than to be blamed for what I am.' No one should be blamed for his infirmities. The Crow and the Pitcher A crow, perishing with thirst, saw a pitcher, and hoping to find water, flew to it with great delight. When he reached it, he discovered to his grief that it contained so little water that he could not possibly get at it. He tried everything he could think of to reach the water, but all his efforts were in vain. At last, He collected as many stones as he could carry, and dropped them one by one with his beak into the pitcher, until he brought the water within his reach, and thus saved his life. Necessity is the mother of invention. THE ASS EATING THISTLES An ass was loaded with good provisions of several sorts which in time of harvest he was carrying into the field for his master and the reapers to dine upon. By the way he met with a fine large thistle, and, being very hungry, began to mumble it, and while he was doing so he entered into this reflection. How many greedy epicures would think themselves happy amidst such delicate viands as I now carry! but to me this bitter prickly thistle is more savory and relishing than the most exquisite and sumptuous banquet let others choose what they may for food but give me above everything a fine juicy thistle like this and i will be content every one to his taste one man's meat is another man's poison and one man's poison is another man's meat what is rejected by one person may be valued very highly by another. End of section three. Section four of Aesop's Fables, a new revised edition. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Wolf and the Lion. A wolf having stolen a lamb from a fold, was carrying him off to his lair. A lion met him in the path, and, seizing the lamb, took it from him. The wolf, standing at a safe distance, exclaimed, "'You have unrighteously taken from me that which was mine.' The lion jeeringly replied, "'It was righteously yours, eh? Was it the gift of a friend, or did you get it by purchase?' If you did not get it in one way or the other, how then did you come by it? One thief is no better than another. THE KING'S SON AND THE PAINTED LION A king, who had only one son, fond of martial exercises, had a dream in which he was warned that his son would be killed by a lion. Afraid lest the dream should prove true, He built for his son a pleasant palace, and adorned its walls for his amusement with all kinds of animals of the size of life, among which was the picture of a lion. When the young prince saw this, his grief at being thus confined burst out afresh, and standing near the lion, he thus spoke. "O you most detestable of animals! Through a lying dream of my father's, which he saw in his sleep, i am shut up on your account in this palace as if i had been a girl what shall i now do to you with these words he stretched out his hands toward a thorn-tree meaning to cut a stick from its branches that he might beat the lion when one of its sharp prickles pierced his finger and caused great pain and inflammation so that the young prince fell down in a fainting fit a violent fever suddenly set in From which he died not many days later. We had better bear our troubles bravely than try to escape them. The Trees and the Axe A man came into a forest and made a petition to the trees to provide him a handle for his axe. The trees consented to his request and gave him a young ash tree. No sooner had the man fitted from it a new handle to his axe. Then he began to use it, and quickly felled with his strokes the noblest giants of the forest. An old oak, lamenting when too late the destruction of his companions, said to a neighboring cedar, "'The first step has lost us all. "'If we had not given up the rights of the ash, "'we might yet have retained our own privileges and have stood for ages. "'In yielding the rights of others,' we may endanger our own. THE SEASIDE TRAVELERS Some travelers, journeying along the seashore, climbed to the summit of a tall cliff, and from thence looking over the sea, saw in the distance what they thought was a large ship, and waited in the hope of seeing it enter the harbor. But as the object on which they looked was driven by the wind nearer to the shore, they found that it could be at most a small boat and not a ship. When, however, it reached the beach, they discovered that it was only a large faggot of sticks, and one of them said to his companions, We have waited for no purpose, for after all there is nothing to see but a faggot. Our mere anticipations of life outrun its realities. The Seagull and the Kite A seagull, who was more at home swimming on the sea than walking on the land, was in the habit of catching live fish for its food. One day, having bolted down too large a fish, it burst its deep gullet bag and lay down on the shore to die. A kite seeing him, and thinking him a land-bird like itself, exclaimed, "'You richly deserve your fate, for a bird of the air has no business to seek its food from the sea.' Every man should be content to mind his own business. THE MONKEY AND THE CAMEL The beasts of the forest gave a splendid entertainment at which the monkey stood up and danced. Having vastly delighted the assembly, he sat down amidst universal applause. The camel, envious of the praises bestowed upon the monkey, and desirous to divert to himself the favor of the guests, Proposed to stand up in his turn and dance for their amusement. He moved about in so very ridiculous a manner that the beasts, in a fit of indignation, set upon him with clubs and drove him out of the assembly. It is absurd to ape our betters. The Rat and the Elephant A rat, traveling on the highway, met a huge elephant bearing his royal master and his suite, and also his favorite cat and dog and parrot and monkey. The great beast and his attendants were followed by an admiring crowd taking up all of the road. "'What fools you are,' said the Rat to the people, "'to make such a hubbub over an elephant. Is it his great bulk that you so much admire? It can only frighten little boys and girls, and I can do that as well.' I am a beast as well as he, and have as many legs and ears and eyes. He has no right to take up all the highway, which belongs as much to me as to him. At this moment the cat spied the rat, and jumping to the ground, soon convinced him that he was not an elephant. Because we are like the great in one respect, we must not think we are like them in all. THE FISHERMAN PIPING A fisherman, skilled in music, took his flute and his nets to the seashore. Standing on a projecting rock, he played several tunes in the hope that the fish, attracted by his melody, would of their own accord dance into his net, which he had placed below. At last, having long waited in vain, he laid aside his flute, and, casting his net into the sea, made an excellent haul. THE WOLF AND THE HOUSE-DOG A wolf, meeting with a big, well-fed mastiff, having a wooden collar about his neck, inquired of him who it was that fed him so well, and yet compelled him to drag that heavy log about wherever he went. "'The master,' he replied. Then said the wolf, "'May no friend of mine ever be in such a plight, for the weight of this chain is enough to spoil the appetite.' Nothing can compensate us for the loss of our liberty." THE EAGLE AND THE KITE An eagle, overwhelmed with sorrow, sat upon the branches of a tree in company with a kite. "'Why,' said the kite, "'do I see you with such a rueful look?' "'I seek,' she replied, "'for a mate suitable for me, and am not able to find one.' "'Take me,' returned the kite. I am much stronger than you are. Why are you able to secure the means of living by your plunder? Well, I have often caught and carried away an ostrich in my talons." The eagle, persuaded by these words, accepted him as her mate. Shortly after the nuptials the eagle said, "'Fly off and bring me back the ostrich you promised me.' The kite, soaring aloft into the air, brought back the shabbiest possible mouse is this said the eagle the faithful fulfilment of your promise to me the kite replied that i might attain to your royal hand and there is nothing that i would not have promised however much i knew that i must fail in the performance promises of a suitor must be taken with caution the dogs and the hides some dogs famished with hunger saw some cow hides steeping in a river not being able to reach them they agreed to drink up the river but it fell out that they burst themselves with drinking long before they reached the hides attempt not impossibilities the fisherman and the little fish a fisherman who lived on the produce of his nets one day caught a single small fish as the result of his day's labor. The fish, panting convulsively, thus entreated for his life. "'Oh, sir, what good can I be to you, and how little am I worth? I am not yet come to my full size. Pray spare my life and put me back into the sea. I shall soon become a large fish, fit for the tables of the rich.' and then you can catch me again and make a handsome profit of me. The fisherman replied, I should be a very simple fellow if I were to forego my certain gain for an uncertain profit. THE ASS AND HIS PURCHASER A man wished to purchase an ass, and agreed with its owner that he should try him before he bought him. He took the ass home and put him in the straw-yard with his other asses, upon which he left all the others and joined himself at once to the most idle and the greediest eater of them all. The man put a halter on him and led him back to his owner, saying, "'I do not need a trial. I know that he will be just such another as the one whom he chose for his companion.' A man is known by the company he keeps. THE SHEPHERD AND THE SHEEP A shepherd, driving his sheep to a wood, saw an oak of unusual size full of acorns, and, spreading his cloak under the branches, he climbed up into the tree and shook down the acorns. The sheep, eating the acorns, frayed and tore the cloak. The shepherd, coming down and seeing what they had done, said, Oh, you most ungrateful creatures, you provide wool to make garments for all other men, but you destroy the clothes of him who feeds you. The basest ingratitude is that which injures those who serve us. THE FOX AND THE CROW A crow, having stolen a bit of meat, perched in a tree and held it in her beak a fox seeing her longed to possess himself of the meat and by a wily stratagem succeeded how handsome is the crow he exclaimed in the beauty of her shape and in the fairness of her complexion oh if her voice were only equal to her beauty she would deservedly be considered the queen of birds this he said deceitfully having greater admiration for the meat than for the crow. But the crow, all her vanity aroused by the cunning flattery, and anxious to refute the reflection cast upon her voice, set up a loud caw and dropped the meat. The fox quickly picked it up and thus addressed the crow. My good crow, your voice is right enough, but your wit is wanting." He who listens to flattery is not wise, for it has no good purpose. THE SWALLOW AND THE CROW The swallow and the crow had a contention about their plumage. The crow put an end to the dispute, by saying, "'Your feathers are all very well in the spring, but mine protect me against the winter.' Fine-weather friends are not worth much. THE HEN AND THE GOLDEN EGGS A cottager and his wife had a hen which laid every day a golden egg. They supposed that it must contain a great lump of gold in its inside, and killed it in order that they might get it, when to their surprise they found that the hen differed in no respect from their other hens. The foolish pair, thus hoping to become rich all at once, deprived themselves of the gain of which they were day by day assured. THE OLD MAN AND DEATH An old man was employed in cutting wood in the forest, and in carrying the faggots into the city for sale. One day, being very wearied with his long journey, he sat down by the wayside and, throwing down his load, besought death to come. Death immediately appeared, in answer to his summons, and asked for what reason he had called him. The old man replied, That lifting up the load you may place it again upon my shoulders. We do not always like to be taken at our word. THE FOX AND THE leopard. The Fox and the Leopard disputed which was the more beautiful of the two. The leopard exhibited one by one the various spots which decorated his skin. The fox, interrupting him, said, And how much more beautiful than you am I, who am decorated not in body but in mind? People are not to be judged by their coats. THE MOUNTAIN IN LABOR A mountain was once greatly agitated. Loud groans and noises were heard, and crowds of people came from all parts to see what was the matter. While they were assembled in anxious expectation of some terrible calamity, out came a mouse. Don't make much ado about nothing. End of section 4 Section 5 of Aesop's Fables, a New Revised Version. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Bear and the Two Travelers Two men were traveling together when a bear suddenly met them on their path. One of them climbed up quickly into a tree and concealed himself in the branches. The other, seeing that he must be attacked, fell flat on the ground, and when the bear came up and felt him with his snout, and smelt him all over he held his breath and feigned the appearance of death as much as he could the bear soon left him for it is said he will not touch a dead body when he was quite gone the other traveller descended from the tree and accosting his friend jocularly inquired what it was the bear had whispered in his ear his friend replied he gave me this advice Never travel with a friend who deserts you at the approach of danger. Misfortune tests the sincerity of friends. THE SICK KITE A kite, sick unto death, said to his mother, O mother, do not mourn, but at once invoke the gods that my life may be prolonged. She replied, Alas, my son, which of the gods do you think will pity you? Is there one whom you have not outraged by filching from their very altars a part of the sacrifice which had been offered up to them? We must make friends in prosperity, if we would have their help in adversity. THE WOLF AND THE CRANE A wolf, having a bone stuck in his throat, hired a crane for a large sum to put her head into his throat and draw out the bone. When the crane had extracted the bone and demanded the promised payment, the wolf, grinning and grinding his teeth, exclaimed, Why, you have surely already a sufficient recompense in having been permitted to draw out your head in safety from the mouth and jaws of a wolf. In serving the wicked, expect no reward, and be thankful if you escape injury for your pains. THE CAT AND THE COCK A cat caught a cock, and took counsel with himself how he might find a reasonable excuse for eating him. He accused him of being a nuisance to men by crowing in the night-time, and not permitting them to sleep. The cock defended himself by saying that he did this for the benefit of men, that they might rise betimes for their labors. The cat replied, "'Although you abound in specious apologies, "'I shall not remain supperless.' "'And he made a meal of him. "'It does no good to deny those who make false accusations knowingly. "'The Wolf and the Horse "'A wolf coming out of a field of oats met with the horse, "'and thus addressed him. "'I would advise you to go into that field.' It is full of capital oats, which I have left untouched for you as you are a friend the very sound of whose teeth it would be a pleasure to me to hear. The horse replied, If oats had been the food for wolves, you would never have indulged your ears at the cost of your belly. Men of evil reputation, when they perform a good deed, fail to get credit for it. THE TWO SOLDIERS AND THE ROBBER Two soldiers, traveling together, were set upon by a robber. The one fled away, the other stood his ground, and defended himself with his stout right hand. The robber being slain, the timid companion runs up and draws his sword, and then, throwing back his traveling cloak, says, I'll be at him, and I'll take care he shall learn whom he has attacked. On this... He who had fought with the robber made answer, I only wish that you had helped me just now, even if it had only been with those words, for I should have been the more encouraged, believing them to be true. But now put up your sword in its sheath and hold your equally useless tongue till you can deceive others who do not know you. I, indeed, who have experienced with what speed you ran away, know right well that no dependence can be placed on your valour. When a coward is once found out, his pretensions of valour are useless. THE MONKEY AND THE CAT A monkey and a cat lived in the same family, and it was hard to tell which was the greatest thief. One day, as they were roaming about together, they spied some chestnuts roasting in the ashes. ''Come,'' said the cunning monkey, ''we shall not go without our dinner to-day. Your claws are better than mine for the purpose. You pull them out of the hot ashes, and you shall have half.'' Pussy pulled them out one by one, burning her claws very much in doing so. When she had stolen them all, she found that the monkey had eaten every one. A Thief Cannot Be Trusted, Even by Another Thief the Two Frogs Two frogs dwelt in the same pool. The pool being dried up under the summer's heat, they left it and set out together for another home. As they went along, they chanced to pass a deep well, amply supplied with water. On seeing which, one of the frogs said to the other, Let us descend and make our abode in this well. The other replied with greater caution, But suppose the water should fail us, How can we get out again from so great a depth? Do nothing without a regard to the consequences. THE VINE AND THE GOAT A vine was luxuriant in the time of vintage with leaves and grapes. A goat, passing by, nibbled its young tendrils and its leaves. The vine said, Why do you thus injure me and crop my leaves? Is there no young grass left? but I shall not have to wait long for my just revenge, for if you now crop my leaves and cut me down to my root, I shall provide the wine to pour over you when you are led as a victim to the sacrifice. RETRIBUTION IS CERTAIN THE MOUSE AND THE BOASTING RAT A mouse lived in a granary which became, after a while, the frequent resort of a cat. The mouse was in great fear and did not know what to do. In her strait she bethought herself of a rat who lived not far away, and who had said in her hearing a hundred times that he was not afraid of any cat living. She resolved to visit the bold rat and ask him to drive the cat away. She found the rat in his hold, and relating her story besought his help. "Pooh," said the rat. "'You should be bold as I am.' "'Go straight about your affairs, and do not mind the cat. "'I will soon follow you and drive him away.' "'He thought now he must do something to make good his boast. "'So he collected all the rats in the neighborhood, "'resolved to frighten the cat by numbers. "'But when they all came to the granary, "'they found that the cat had already caught the foolish mouse, "'and a single growl from him sent them all scampering to their holes. Do not rely on a boaster. THE DOGS AND THE FOX Some dogs, finding the skin of a lion, began to tear it in pieces with their teeth. A fox, seeing them, said, If this lion were alive, you would soon find out that his claws were stronger than your teeth. It is easy to kick a man that is down. THE THIEF AND THE HOUSE DOG A thief came in the night to break into a house. He brought with him several slices of meat that he might pacify the house-dog, so that he should not alarm his master by barking. As the thief threw the pieces of meat, the dog said, "'If you think to stop my mouth, to relax my vigilance, or even to gain my regard by these gifts, you are greatly mistaken. This sudden kindness at your hands will only make me more watchful lest under these unexpected favors to myself you have some private ends to accomplish for your own benefit and for my master's injury. Besides, this is not the time that I am usually fed, which makes me all the more suspicious of your intentions. He who offers bribes needs watching, for his intentions are not honest. THE SICK STAG A sick stag lay down in a quiet corner of his pasture-ground. His companions came in great numbers to inquire after his health, and each one helped himself to a share of the food which had been placed for his use, so that he died not from his sickness, but from the failure of the means of living. Evil companions bring more hurt than profit. THE FOWLER AND THE RINGDOVE a fowler took his gun and went into the woods a-shooting he spied a ring dove among the branches of an oak and intended to kill it he clapped the piece to his shoulder and took his aim accordingly but just as he was going to pull the trigger an adder which he had trod upon under the grass stung him so painfully in the leg that he was forced to quit his design and threw his gun down in a passion the poison immediately infected his blood AND HIS WHOLE BODY BEGAN TO MORTIFY, WHICH, WHEN HE PERCEIVED, HE COULD NOT HELP OWNING IT TO BE JUST. FATE, SAID HE, HAS BROUGHT DESTRUCTION UPON ME WHILE I WAS CONTRIVING THE DEATH OF ANOTHER. MEN OFTEN FALL INTO THE TRAP WHICH THEY PREPARE FOR OTHERS. THE KID AND THE WOLF A KID, RETURNING WITHOUT PROTECTION FROM THE PASTURE, WAS PURSUED BY A WOLF. He turned round and said to the wolf, "'I know, friend wolf, that I must be your prey, but before I die I would ask of you one favour, that you will play me a tune to which I can dance.' The wolf complied, and while he was piping and the kid was dancing, the hounds, hearing the sound, came up and gave chase to the wolf. The wolf, turning to the kid, said, "'It is just what I deserve, for I, who am only a butcher, should not have turned Piper to please you. Everyone should keep his own colors. THE BLIND MAN AND THE WHELP A blind man was accustomed to distinguishing different animals by touching them with his hands. The whelp of a wolf was brought him with a request that he would feel it and say what it was. He felt it, and being in doubt, said, I do not quite know whether it is the cub of a fox or the whelp of a wolf, but this I know full well, that it would not be safe to admit him to the sheepfold. Evil tendencies are shown early in life. THE GEESE AND THE CRANES The geese and the cranes fed in the same meadow. A bird-capture came to ensnare them in his nets. The cranes, being light of wing, fled away at his approach, while the geese, being slower of flight and heavier in their bodies, were captured. Those who were caught are not always the most guilty. THE NORTH WIND AND THE SUN The North Wind and the Sun disputed which was the more powerful, and agreed that he should be declared the victor, who could first strip a wayfaring man of his clothes. The North Wind first tried his power and blew with all his might. But the keener became his blasts, the closer the traveler wrapped his cloak around him, till at last, resigning all hope of victory, he called upon the sun to see what he could do. The sun suddenly shone out with all his warmth. The traveler no sooner felt his genial rays than he took off one garment after another, and at last, fairly overcome with heat, undressed and bathed in a stream that lay in his path. Persuasion is better than force. End of section 5